The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Well, Happy New Year, Tasman. This is Ben Vision on the Deadline Report, care of Fresh FM. And as we start this wonderful, wonderfully amazing opportunities of 2024, the Bullen of Atomic Scientist announces to us the current moment, the uh, doomsday clock, the clock that measures how close we are to a nuclear war or invent triggered by a man-made uh, technology, sits at a grand total of 90 seconds to midnight. Put this in context, in 1962, during the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is when the uh, doomsday clock, which is uh, rolled out by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists after the war, 1946-47, to measure the factor, and the board's made up of of possibly, you know, some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. Uh, That was at the peak, was at two minutes to midnight in 62. It is now 90 seconds for the two years in a row. I actually quibble that because, um, and I and I would love to know what the politics were because when the, it was set in January of twenty three twenty twenty two, which is yeah in twenty twenty two, when it was it was set, it was prior to the invasion of the Ukraine by the Russian forces. Uh, it was also prior to the events in Israel regarding uh, the Hamas. And since then, we have seen pictures on, uh, I believe, Dutch fighter jets uh, attached with tactical nuclear weapons, which America is now distributing to its NATO members. I believe there was talk about tactical nukes being deployed to Sweden. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I believe there was uh, at least... One major significant of it, uh, and there's also been a large deployment of the C-17 um, Star Galaxy, or C-17, yeah, I believe it's the one down from the C-5, which we've just actually bought copies, we've, we've um, put orders in for as well, New Zealand, and this particular vehicle has now been learned how to do the cool trick of basically delivering cruise missiles, which is not that hard to attach, a tactical nuke, uh, and that's now happening. Of course, the other thing that's happened is the, and I'll, and I'll come back to the tactical nuclear deployment, but I'll also mention at the same time that yesterday, um, Rocket Lab launched just one day after a mass straining in Mahi Peninsula. I'm sure there's no no correlation factor to that at all. It's funny how many times these whale strainings occur in places where you pick up rocks and discover that's where there's powerful antennas and lots of EME frequencies being active. Uh, but um, that was standing. They launched a uh, series of well, they said they launched a rocket from Rocket Lab, and the launch was called Four of a Kinds, which is to, to denote the satellites which they are launching out of um, from Rocket Lab, which will be used to uh, f- forecast the predict the weather in the uh, coming future. But at the same time, it was also uh, involved in the testing of, and will be this year for out of being, I think, it was a six hundred million dollar Star Force contract, the testing of hypersonic rockets, which are the main system of deployment. Of tactical nukes, uh, and probably I would say that that's pretty much a breach of our nuclear-free law. But hey, Labor did it twice, so you know why can't National do it? You know, it, it seems that um, ever since the 
uh, USS Samson arrived in New Zealand on November the 16th, 2000, the same day as the Christchurch earthquake, uh, so the Kaikoura earthquake, um, which you know would have been a huge uh, news story that day, that the fact that the uh, USS Samson had arrived in New Zealand carrying a payload of 90 uh cruise missiles, which, as I said, can now be deployed with tactical nuclear warheads. So um, it was one of the things that Nikki turned around and said, oh, no, that's, they're, they're not, they're, that's not an issue. But, well, actually, any any US warship coming in is an issue. And when they're carrying uh, cruise missiles, they actually, uh, that's doubly so. And we have absolutely done nothing. We've just allowed, since that point onwards, we've allowed the massive deployment of US military assets throughout New Zealand. And that includes, of course, the uh, Starlink, which we all get told is, oh, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to make the internet go much faster. Oh, isn't this exciting? Uh, of course, what nobody realizes, of course, is that Starlink, well, in fact, we're starting to realize is that Starlink also is heavily involved with the US Defense Department's uh, infrastructure. And that includes deploying satellites into the uh, domain of Eastern Europe, into Russia, and the Ukraine, where it looks for targets, it collects reconnaissance for intelligence. And most Mostly from the New Zealand viewpoint is it also tries to basically figure out how to back down the Russian communication system because if it can cut that down, that's basically deprives Putin uh, from being able to effectively deploy his nukes and that totally changes the game. But of course, at the time when that looks very likely to occur, that's the point when actually Porter might turn around and say, well, look, the weakest link is actually those satellites, which sink they cross over the Ukraine, and then they go over the ocean, and they don't pass over land until they get to the tip of South America, where there's not a lot going on there, and then they pass over New Zealand, where there is no less than six relay stations, and that information collected from the battlefields of the Northern Hemisphere then gets downloaded into New, New Zealand, and then that gets, I imagine, would get relayed uh, to Pine Gap and then back to, to the United States. But before that, they just simply take out those six places in Arawara, my Hines and Ashburton, up by Waihopa where the uh, Waihopa spy base has always been and still remains. It's just they're taking down the big balloon, but they, there's a whole series of antennas under the ground. And then up to three different facilities throughout the North Island, including the top Dargaville. So they would all be hit potentially by... Uh, cruise tactical nuclear cruise missiles and that would be effectively the end of New Zealand but nobody seems to be that concerned about it and, and unfortunately Nikki hasn't really said a lot about the threat of the Northern Hemisphere uh, and, and the fact that maybe we shouldn't be encouraging this war at all uh, he hasn't talked about the backdrop of this particular war um and which is a shame because you know he's a he's a great journalist and a lot of people listen. But again, he didn't really say a lot about uh, the um, the role of the Labour government in encouraging these uh, our being you know five eyes commitment to these imperial wars, which people like John Pilcher, who's just recently passed about, have warned about, is that the new American doctrine is the the Project New American Century created in nineteen ninety eight. And that doctrine has basically waged, it's committed to waging non-stop war and it's had its over 50 target countries are targeted for uh, regime changes. Um, and they include, of course, uh, Iraq, Afghan, Afghanistan and Libya. Now, obviously, Afghanistan turned out to be the big uh mess that everyone forecasts after 9-11 that occurred. And, of course, the Americans invaded uh, Iraq and 
Afghanistan on the pretext that the weapons of mass destruction and that the, the Osama bin Laden, who was a cane like Vladimir Putin, a creature of the West, was hiding out there. And they went off and bombed massive amounts of civilian populations and basically uh, entrenched the female population. Oh, well, I've done a regime change, but really nothing happened and it's gone right back to where it was and now it's a lot of those women are even in a worse situation. Uh, not to mention, of course, the uh, deployment of depleted uranium to, into Iraq, which has killed up from, according to John Pilcher's book, uh, the new the new rulers of the of the new world. Uh, it's killed between half a million to a million people uh, from cancer, which of course the US military denies any existence, just like we deny uh, that certain chem certain medicines are, are hurting people, despite the statistics. And um, and much like we for many many years denied that smoking actually killed anybody until it became overwhelmingly obvious that was the case. So this is this depleted uranium, which included actually being mixed with plutonium to make it more even more efficient, uh, basically is waged long-term genocide on the countries that were being actually invaded so that they have actually no chance of being able to economically or politically resist the US imperial, uh, imperial military war machine, which is largely uh, operating on behalf of these US corporations. And of course, that depleted uranium has also been marched into the Ukraine, um, and we will probably do the same on consequences, not just to the Americans' enemies, but to their supposed allies, and of course, to target our actual uh, breadbasket of the world, although to be fair, the um, Ukrainians, but from the from the point of the fall of the Soviet Union uh, to the privatisation of the Ukraine, which is now, uh, I believe... 70, it might even be higher than that. It's a figure of greater than 70% of the um, arable land in, the, in Ukraine is now being privatised. It's owned by 10 corporations, nine of which are owned by BlackRock, who, by the way, are also shareholders uh, in the uh, the recent uh, Rocket Lab uh, that's been launched here, plus these, this new technology which is going to be theoretically used to go out and protect the weather with, with great... This is not information which is available to the public. This is information available to the shareholders to use for their own vested interests at quite often the public's expense. Case in point, we, we use geospatial data uh, since 2010 uh, as a consequence of the Christchurch earthquake, but none of that data was ever released in relation to the damage that would be done via the forestry industry uh, from slashing uh, so that we would be able to know how to plan against it by not putting building in those areas, putting storm drains. We didn't do any of that stuff. That was actually the opposite, and now all of that land, those people have been actually impacted by those forecasted impacts of climate change and the flood flooding, and now having sell their land at, you know, basically 10 cents of the dollar, which no doubt will be snapped up by big corporations and um, once again, yay, wonderful whether we get national, we get labour, we get governments that really seem to be just want to back the big business boys. But in terms of the war and the uh, our, our increasing risk of nuclear war, where no one will be able to eat any bread, no matter where they are on the planet, that continues to be a worry and we'll get into a little bit more about why it's a worry and why we really need this peace movement and why we need people like Nikki Haga to get up and actually use his power and clout Nikki Haga OBE now to actually speak out against these war hawks which appeared on the scene way before 
Putin invaded the Ukraine in 2022. And, and again, if you read John Pelcher's books and you read about the Project of the New American Century, you understand that the, the rebeating of the war drum, the Cold War drum, actually began in 98. In many ways, Russia, while I'm not condoning its actions, are simply responding to some excessively aggressive hawks in Washington. But we'll come back to that in a second. And let's play uh, War. What are you good for? Oh, wow. Good God, yo. 
Good morning. You are on the Deadline Report with Ben Vigil Investigates, the award-winning broadcasting show. We're in the top five uh, shows that basically get listened to the most on Fresh FM, this great little community radio station and a wonderful award to start 2024 with. But I'm worried about the world and I'm worried about our lack of attention to the Warhawks that are actually taking over this world. And they are doing it using vast technology, including artificial intelligence, uh, in a way which makes resistance increasingly harder. Um, partly because, of course, I mean, let's do a comparison. I'm, I'm, I am the one of the most listened to shows on Fish FM. I'm in the top five. Probably, in fact, I'm regularly one, two, or three. Anyway, every week I'm in that, in that, that top three leading. And yet, on my own website, which doesn't get the same hits as the Fresh FM, I have gone from 135,000 people visiting my website each week to now I have less than 400 people come to my website a month. I've gone from being someone that has, like throughout my entire life, I put out magazines, they're gone. I write a book, they turn into a bestseller. Given an opportunity, which all of this has been done self-sufficiently, I, the audience respond to me very well. Unfortunately, we now have technology which can turn around and say, we don't like that person. Your name gets put on a little, little, little list. As we see from the Christchurch shooting, we know this list exists. Your name gets put on it. And then every time you come up, if you clear off any of the keywords which are considered to be offensive because somebody upstairs has decided so and you get no say on this and no one put, you don't even get to know that it's happening. But bing, you go to the IP address and then but the, the, the curtain comes down and that's the end of your traffic. Thus, 135,000 a week, 400 a month. There was a lot of noise after the Christchurch shooting, which again, Nikki hasn't really turned around and said anything. You know, at that time they were having an inquiry, New Zealand's role in these ridiculous wars overseas in Afghanistan where we were involved in murdering civilian populations. Bang, Christchurch occurred, and Nikki never really said anything too much more about what I'll cover up the, the inquiry was, and everyone actually forgot about it, and we just carried on being up five eyes. And we kept, in fact, we're more up five eyes because of the Christchurch shooting, and that included the censorship calls, which were sponsored by countries like Qatar, one of the countries, by the way, that actually funds Hamas. Uh, it was funded, ironically, also uh, being has received support by Israel. Uh, the mind boggles on that particular confrontation. Again, you see a lot of that came via the Christchurch um, Foundation's grant, uh, which including the idea of building smart cities and cryptocurrencies, which again were Israeli companies which were actually heavily involved in creating artificial intelligence and the military-industrial complex, of which nobody, nobody beat the drums and said, no, this is terrible, eh? what are you doing? How can you be involved in this organisation when it's so supporting apartheid in Israel? Nobody said anything. Now, of course, all those labour apparatchik systems are, have developed a conscience. Surprise, surprise. And they're talking about free Palestine. And, actually, and, and, and that's not an issue. But we should really be saying, actually, you know what? Hamas and Israel, you both need your heads banged together again. Two sides of the same coin. But let's get back to artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence is increasing the chance of nuclear war. And one of the worrying things about it was a little clip that came out of a movie recently, They Left the World Behind, produced by Obama Barat. And there's a theme, a message that comes out of there, which is they don't tell you what it is that sets off the sort of apocalypse in the movie, but the message is very clear. It's saying, hey, don't blame us. We're the elite and we're afraid too. And, and we're, but they don't tell you what the elite are afraid of. But then some right later in the movie, the message is delivered again and it comes up with, look, we, we, we got it to create a strategy. And it doesn't define what it got to create a strategy, but we got it to define a strategy. And the strategy was, first of all, to isolate and then polarise 
and then let human nature do the rest while we turn upon each other and turn our whole wonderful America into civil war. Well, you kind of have to look, you kind of almost have to want to think, is that actually what's going on right now? And I joke about it, but I also mean, I don't joke about it because if you go and read Arthur Kessler's book, The Slaughterhouse, which is a, one of these series of these great post-war writers who are having woken up and seen what, how bloodthirsty the machine gets when it's woken up, basically talked about the automation of modern corporations at the end of the war and how once they, that, the process occurred, you wouldn't be able to turn it off and the corporations would just become more and more powerful and they would create this machine that you had to feed. And that includes a machine, which includes the great industrial military war industrial machine. So you have to have perpetual never-ending war to keep the economy running over. Otherwise, it will fail. So whether you want to talk about a literal AI or an organic AI, that's what we're in the grips of. And that's a very, very, very scary thought. And that's kind of what, you know, that's what the message from the elite was saying. And again, when you get into all these billionaire bolt holders turning up, like there's just been another recent one here, and I can't remember what this guy uh he was, oh yeah, he was the guy that created the Blackberry. His big, his big boats, there's a whole another wave of billionaire bolt holders cruising around Queensland at the moment because John Key and, and uh, David Seymour have turned around and said, hey, yeah, we're business, we're open for all the big business money, come and bring, buy your mansion here. And they're all kind of around looking around New Zealand thinking about how they can build a, a, a bunker here. Because again, one of the things that came out recently was a technologist, and I, I can't remember his name off it, but it's, it's not just going to look for technologists, billionaire bolt, bolt, billionaire bolt holes, and you'll find the guy, but he's talking about bringing all these billionaires, kind of, well, he, he gets invited to do a speech about, you know, where he sees technology going and what's going to happen, and he gets invited to this place, and there's all these four guys in front of him, and he sort of knows them because they're very, very prominent people, and he thinks, oh, they must be joint speakers, and it turns out, no, actually, the other people that have hired him paid him half a salary because they want to pick his brains. And what he comes up with is, you know, people like uh, Peter Thiel, not, and he didn't name Peter Thiel, but he's saying these kind of billionaires. You know, Peter Thiel's a guy that's involved with Facebook, uh, one again is involved in this whole technician. Because I didn't mean, I didn't finish that little punchline before him, was that the, the thing about social media is that we all go on about Christchurch because of the outright and we said, oh, we've got, to, we've got to send some. This is what the Christchurch call was all about. But the reality was uh, the Worldwide Socialist website, who, by the way, never gave the opposite. It said, you know, Jacinda wasn't a socialist. She What she was was a, uh, a neoliberalist. But they're saying that actually the most sensitive websites out there are the ones that people are promoting socialism, and it's the ones that are talking about, uh, the, and the, above them are the ones that are anti-war. They, they estimated from one article that 75% of, of anti-war uh, blogs are actually now being basically censored out of existence. How they don't they got that information, I don't know, but I do recall that's the, the statistic that they threw out. So the billionaire bolt holders are, uh, according to the, techno to the futurists, saying that they know what all the problems of the world are, but they're not interested in creating technology, which is actually about being able to uh, make the world a better place and, and create communities, which are probably likely through communities, you're likely to have people understanding each other. And from that, you have harmony. And from that, you have well-being. And that's, yeah, it's very interesting. Yesterday, I went to... Uh, John Weston, who was a great man and a leading principal of Collingwood School for probably 25 years before his retirement, one of the members of the famous Takaka Mafia, and everyone got involved in John's funeral and we 
they're in a kaka hall, did a beautiful send off for him, and all the people, the community came together. And I remember thinking, you know, as these spinning their bolters are wandering around and we're firing rockets up into space to, so that we can mine space where there's like, you know, there's nearly like something like a, there's a trillion dollars trillion dollars worth of assets in space at the moment when we can't feed the population of the planet. And most of that stuff's up there because it's war toys or it's looking for gold so that the billionaires can have more money while while they don't actually attempt to build any attempt to build in community. All they try to do is build bubbles to protect themselves. And that isolation, according to that AI system, whether it's an organic system or a, a, a literal AI system, which, you know, again, the, the bulletin of doomsday, is the thing that is putting us in a perilously dangerous situation. It's the idea that we have this excessive group of people at the top that are own, owning extraordinary amounts of the world's planets, resources, while the rest of the population is de being destabilised to the point that we are at point of actually having massive wars as different countries compete for these dwindling resources. And it's not that there isn't enough resources to feed all of us, it's the resources are going to a very, very few percentage of the people. But their gluttony, the collateral damage of that, may well be the extinction upon this planet, so that there, in the words of J. Kennedy, that there will be no ashes upon the, even in the mouth of the victor. That'll be the only thing you'll be able to eat, is ashes. Give you a final little statistic to go out on while you think about this point and actually how important it is for you to get out there and start telling people about what's going on with the war machine and how much New Zealand's involved in it and how much we have to send a message to National Seymour and Winston Peters because don't remember, his buddy got old Ron Marks was right up the American's ass during the uh, Jacinda period government and that is we've got to say no to this war machine and we're going to say no to these tech laws just coming in and creating this wonderful uh, investment which goes for the people at the top while the people at the bottom get nothing and the world gap gets wider and wider. And those statistics are this. When I wrote my first article in 1987, I wrote a song, uh, wrote a, 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 an article for the school paper called How, can, How Fast Can You Say Your Prayers? At that point, launching a nuclear weapon, an international interballistic continental missile from Beijing to Washington was about 30 minutes. They had 30 minutes to work out whether that glitch on the screen, which was either a rat eating the wires or the real deal. Now it's like they've got seven, three minutes. If the Russians launch from the Arctic, their jets and they fire from their jets. They've got three minutes to work out whether or not actually that's a rat or it's the real thing. And in the meantime, the AI is assumed watching, going to watch what the other person can do, and they're going to respond. And then if the other person's AI responds, then another AI is going to respond. And then it's going to get like Skynet, and we're going to be wiped out. And the only thing that's going to be surviving anything is probably the machines deep under the, bank, under the, deep under the ground. And thus, I say to you, don't feed the machine as John Weston advised us all in his poem at his wake yesterday, feed people, feed communities. This is Ben Vigin on the Deadline Report. This particular show has been dedicated to John Weston. Thank you, John. I only met you very, very for a short time, but you were a wonderful person and a great loss to the community of, of, of Tarkika, Golden Bay, Tasman, and New Zealand in general. Take care till next week. And our final song today will be I Hope the Russians Love Their Children Too. Children
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.